Good morning, Christ Point. How are you? Wonderful. It's so good to see you this morning. As we were singing that song, I was reminded of uh, the old author and philosopher Dallas Willard, uh, who said, Christians more, burn more grace each and every day than a 747 burns fuel. Uh, we are a people who are in desperate need for God's grace, and uh, praise God that God gives us uh, what we need when we need it. We are grace recipients this morning. I want to welcome those this morning who are watching online. It's good to see your faces, those who are here uh, this morning. My name is James. I have the great joy and privilege of being the pastor here at Christ Point Church. Uh, we exist to point people uh, to Jesus. Uh, one of the ways that we do that as a church body is that we uh, engage our community and the world. Uh, and so this morning is the first Sunday of the month, and on the first Sunday of the month, uh, we bring food for the food pantry at Mission City Church in Charlotte. Wes is excited about it. In the back, yes, we are excited. It is a great ministry in the Charlotte area, meeting some very practical and tangible needs right in our own backyard. So for those who are able to participate, I want you to know that I give thanks to God for you. Uh, it is our joy to be able to partner uh, with them. Uh, secondly, one of the ways that we point people to Jesus is by experiencing authentic community. We really believe that authentic community takes time and intentionality. It doesn't just happen. And so our students are going to be gathering after the service today. Uh, they're going to be hanging out together. Hopefully they uh, brought some lunch. I think they're playing volleyball and kick kickball. Uh, they're going to have a great time. And so if you are a student here this morning, uh, make sure that you stay after. They're going to be uh, hanging out together. And then uh, last, but certainly not least, uh, you may remember that last week at this time, uh, I shared with you an update uh, in terms of where we were for our commitments for the land, the six and a half acres of land that we have been uh, praying for and asking God to direct our steps. Uh, the cost was $7,500 a month that we were praying for. Uh, last week at this time, we were at $6,900. And so we were close, but we weren't quite there. Uh, by the end of the day on Sunday, perhaps you've heard, uh, but we had $8,928 of committed, yes, funds, yes. We're actually, I mean, the clapping was cool, um, but we're going to get loud. We're going to get a little crazy, and so, um, so I'm going to say, say that again, and we're going to celebrate together. If you, if you want to do the golf clap that you just did, feel free. Personally, I think that was a little lame. Uh, or uh, you could shout. You could shout. This is the one time where it's okay. Uh, or uh, kids, if you, uh, if you want to uh, hit the tables, Donnie, is that okay? They're sturdy. They've seen, seen a lot of life over the years. Uh, you, can, you can hit the tables, or if you want to stomp your feet, uh, you can stomp your feet. So I'm going to say, yay, God, and then we're just going to make some noise. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, yay, God! I thought that that was going to sound better than it really did. I Wait, I have another one. I have another one. I have a really whole bag. Hold on. It's, that's not great. I'm glad we didn't pass these out. Uh, no, listen, we're, we're celebrating, we're rejoicing uh, the good work that God has done. We're excited about what he has 
uh, in store for us. One of the questions that people asked me uh, after Sunday when we sent the email out on Monday, and I thought it was a great question, they're like, yay, we're in. Uh, how do we give? And I was like, that's a great question. And so I just want to take you through it real quickly this morning. If you go on our website, ChristPoint.com, if you click on the Give button in the upper right-hand corner, it will take you uh, to a beautiful forest with mist coming up from the ground. Uh, if you click on the giving button there, it'll give you a little pop-up, and it'll ask for an amount, and there's a little drop-down box where you can either give to uh, that land or home fund, it's called, or you can give to uh, general giving. And so if you're interested in partnering in that way, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, one of the things that I have uh, thought, oh, by the way, kids, you're more than welcome to go now. I know you're not nearly as excited as I am. Uh, but yeah, sorry for making you wait. I wanted you to celebrate with us, though. That was fun. Um, you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately is not just where God has us right now as a church or dreaming about where he might have us in the days ahead, uh, but I've been thinking a lot about uh, where we've been. You know, Christ Point has, has been around for almost 13 years now, and so I've given a lot of thought to um, the, the people who were here when we started some 13 years ago. Uh, they were the pioneers, right? They were the ones who uh, gathered in a home and in a stable and in Highland Creek Elementary School before we moved to the West Cabarrus Y. And I've just been spending a lot of time giving thanks to God for them because uh, sometimes it's easy to, to forget everything that came before right now. And sometimes we, we don't do... Uh, a good enough job of honoring those who have come before us. As I was thinking about those uh, families that helped build the foundation that we're building upon, I was uh, reminded of John and Heidi Courant. They are uh, uh, just a few of the folks who have actually been here longer than I have, uh, believe it or not. Uh, John served as an elder uh, for our church for a number of years. He's uh, impact, impacted and influenced uh, many uh, of us here in this place. Uh, he is a dear friend of mine, the impact that he has had upon my life and how God has uh, used uh, him uh, has been uh, just off the charts. I am uh, deeply uh, grateful. And so we are excited this morning, we're honored this morning to have uh, John bring the word to us. And so give John a, a golf clap as he comes to share the word. You hear me? Yeah. You can hear me now, yeah? Maybe I should be a little bit louder. Thanks for the intro, James. I, uh, as James said, um, I hadn't really thought about it before I got up here this morning. 13 years we've been here, and, uh, and it's, it's weird, man. We've been in a lot of different places. We started in a barn, Mr. Ayler, kind of up the road across the street from Skybrook. And uh, 13 years later, we find ourselves back in a barn. Uh, which is awesome, and we're super, super, super grateful for it. And uh, I'm so excited this morning, man. I, the fact that we have gotten in a position that we can get land and get a permanent home, it's been something that we dreamed about from the first time we did it. So uh, I'm super grateful for all of you and super grateful to God for that. Let's, uh, let's open it up by prayer. Uh, God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for uh, just... God, your blessing of us being able to be here for 13 years. Lord, thank you for the people that have come into this uh, church that have blessed us for so many years. Thank you for your son 
God, as I, uh, as I think through even what Dan sang this morning about your love and your grace, I'm so grateful for uh, your love and your grace, God. Thank you that you love us in spite of us and uh, because of your son. Thank you for that. Father, I pray that you go before us this morning. Help the things that you want to come forward, come forward, and the things that you don't to go away. God, I pray that you bless this morning and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, what do you guys love? Uh, I love a lot of things. If you've known me for any amount of time, I love a lot of things. I love my wife, Heidi. Uh, we've been married for almost 23 years now. Uh, I think 23. Yeah, 23 years now. Should have thought that one through before. Um, and I love her. I love my daughters. I, I have three of them. They're all here. There's like, looks like there's like nine there because my daughter has a roommate here. But we only have three of those nine that are over there. Uh, super grateful that they're here today. I love my dog, Buck. If you have met my dog, Buck, you love my dog, Buck, because Buck is the best dog in the history of the world. Uh, you may have a dog, too. Sorry, not the best dog in the world. Uh, I love my dog, Buck. He and I are BFFs. I don't love my dog, Betty, just yet. She was a puppy that we got for Christmas for the girls, and probably the worst adult decision that I've made in my entire life. I feel like we just invited Satan to come in our house for the last two year, two months. There's a chance for her to come. She seems to be getting a little bit better, um, but she's not quite there yet, so she's not on the love list yet. Uh, I love my mom. I love my sisters. I love my in-laws and my sister's in-laws and all their families, my extended family. Man, I love this church family a lot. Like, there's a reason we've been here 13 years, and you guys have been a blessing to us for so, 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 so long. If I'm honest, though, I kind of have issues with the number of things I love. Uh, the people at work have nicknamed me the passionate consumer. Uh, I happen to, like, nerd out on a lot of things that kind of make your life better. It's amazing how many of those things there are, whether it's, like, activity-related or technology-related or gadget-related. Man, there are a lot of things, and I've been kind enough from time to time to share it with people, the things that I love. If you hear me say, it will change your life, you should pay attention to whatever I just said before that, or just am going to say after that, because there's a good likelihood that it will actually change your life. I love a ton of things, man. I love technology. I don't love technology quite like Kit from Napoleon Dynamite, if you've watched that. I know all the students that are in the room came to my house and watched Napoleon Dynamite, and no one liked it. Um, I think it's amazing. I don't write songs for technology, but I do love technology. I love selling technology. I love real estate. I love woodworking. I love hanging out with my family, watching movies and TV shows and hiking outside and just spending time outside. I like golf and playing golf watching golf, kind of anything and everything to do with golf. Uh, I love even scuba diving, which I've only done a few times in my life, but that actually is the first time I will tell you this morning. That will change your life if you have the opportunity to do it. It is awesome. And I love sunshine. Who's excited that the sun is actually out and we are done with rain? Uh, sun's out, guns out, Lejeune boys. Um, Man, I love kids, too. Um, I feel like I get along with 7- to 10-year-olds or maybe even like 3- to 5-year-olds a whole lot better than I get along with the people that are of my age. 
I miss so badly being able to like course around with your kids and throw them around and hug them and like throw them 15 feet in the air and um, man I'm looking forward to that day and I, I love 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 kids so much but I've been thinking over the last few weeks I've really been challenged by this particular question because as much as I love like technology and real estate and scuba diving and hiking outside and doing things that are outdoors and just God's creation as a whole, um, they don't really matter in the long run. So I've been asking myself a lot these last few weeks, like what do I really, really love? And it, it really is coming out these last few weeks because the question, you guys know we're in this, that's a great question, questions that Jesus asked. The question we want to look into today is when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Which takes me to my love of Peter. For the last many, many, many years, I've kind of fallen in love with Peter. I'm fascinated by who he is, how bold he lived. If you think about, like in Matthew, Matthew 14, they feed the 5,000 and Jesus retreats up to the mountainside. He sends the disciples out onto the lake to uh, just kind of hang out on the boat, right? Jesus goes up to pray and he recharges. He walks out on the water. He actually walks out on the water and he kind of freaks the disciples out. Um, they think he's a ghost. And then he identifies himself as Jesus, and Peter says, Lord, if you want me to come, call me to come. And Peter's the first guy to step out onto the water. Stepped out onto the water because he believed that much in the Lord of hosts, Jesus. Steps out on the water, looks at Jesus, walks across the water, and then he gets a little distracted and realizes he's on water and fails miserably. Which is okay, because we do that too sometimes. If you look at Matthew 16, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter's the first one to say, man, you are the Christ. G Peter loved Jesus. He believed in Jesus. He believed he was the Lord of hosts. In Matthew 26, when the Sanhedrin came to get Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, who's the first guy to like stand in the front of him, knocked off a guy's ear? It's Peter. Like This guy loved Jesus in a big, big way, and he lived out loud, and I love that about him. He lived and he loved hard, but he failed really, really hard. Most of you probably know Peter denied Jesus three times. This whole story, the story of like Peter and Jesus is one of my very favorite stories in the Bible. It probably is my very favorite story of the Bible because it's just so amazing how the whole thing sets up. A quick summary, like Jesus is arrested, he goes in on trial, and Peter kind of goes with him, but then he can't go in with him. So he's sitting down in a courtyard, right? So imagine like in there's where Jesus is being tried. Out here is the courtyard. There's a charcoal fire, and Peter's just hanging around with a bunch of guards and citizens and others. And people see him, and they're like, hey, you know Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus. And this guy who literally walked on water, a guy who uh, said, you are the Christ, the guy who cut off a guy's ear like, moments ago, denies Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter was always this guy to like quickly jump in uh, and speak up. He was bold and brave. He was the rock, man. And when, he, when he told Jesus, uh, you are the Christ, Jesus said, you're the rock, the the, the rock that I'm going to build the church on. But when it mattered, Peter would cower down, and he was quick to deny. I love Peter because he's human. He's human like me and you. 
I can be bold when I'm bold, but deep down my heart's a little fearful, and I can tend to cower down too. I can withdraw. The biggest reason I love Peter, though, is because in spite of all of that, in spite of Peter denying Jesus, Jesus loves Peter. When I read about him, I have some hope, man. See, the story of how Jesus redeems Peter is kind of like my go-to story. Many of you know, like, pastors have go-to sermons. So if you're called on at the last minute, like you're not scheduled to preach and you need to go up and preach, you have, like, the, the sermon in your back pocket, right? And so if you ever go see James preach at another church, or if he gets called in the last minute, I guarantee you, you're going to hear a duplicate sermon from what James had because he's going to go to his go-to sermon, right? Well, I'm not a pastor. I've only done this like three times, including today. But if I had a go-to sermon, this is the go-to sermon because I love the story of Peter and I love specifically the story of redemption of Peter that Jesus brings. Except I've kind of been really struggling the last couple of weeks. James called me, I don't know, a month or two ago and said, will you talk on this again? And, and I thought in my head, like, this is going to be kind of easy. This is something that I've, I've spoken on a bunch of times. I've preached on it. Um, I love the way, like, I, I talked about the way that God, like, Jesus architects this moment of redemption for Peter. So really, at a high level, what happens is Peter denies him, and then later on, they're on the beach, and Jesus, like, sets a charcoal fire for Peter come, to come to. And so remember, Peter denied Jesus three times around a charcoal fire, Jesus sets this charcoal fire. And he brings Peter back in and he asks him three times, do you love me? I've even talked about like the questions of Jesus asking Peter three times, do you love me? I love the symbolism and the thoughtfulness of what Jesus did to bring Peter back in. But this time as I've kind of go to, gone to prepare for it, I look at it from the question that Jesus asked and not the redemption of Peter. And I'm asking myself, like, I'm trying to put myself in the position of Peter and not tell the story of Peter. And I'm trying to say, Jesus is asking me, John, do you love me? And man, these last few weeks, it's crushed me. I, in a way that I didn't really expect. I've been getting teary-eyed from time to time just thinking about it because I think about that moment. If I'm sitting on the beach and Jesus looks at me and says, John, do you love me? And how can I answer that? I think it's crushing me, not because I don't love Jesus, but because, like Peter, I probably fail to love Jesus in the way that he deserves. Not even probably, I do fail to love Jesus in the way that he deserves. So as we go through the story this morning, I want to ask you to put yourself in the position of Peter. Think about Jesus sitting with you one-on-one after breakfast, asking you, Jeremy, do you love me? So let's jump into it. So after Jesus rises from the dead, he appears to the disciples a few other times. Um, And on this particular time, there's Peter and a few of the disciples are sitting out on the Sea of Galilee fishing. And there's a dude on the beach, like, you know, let's say over there. And he says, and and they're not catching anything. They have their nets in, which is interesting to me because they're like God of the universe dies and they're out fishing on a boat. But we won't go into that right now. But the guy on the beach says, hey, have you tried the other side of the boat? So they throw their nets in. And they, pull, they go from catching nothing to catching like nets full of fish. And at that moment, they realize it's Jesus. And Peter, like he normally would do, like strips his clothes off, jumps in the lake, swims across the lake. 
And that's the scene that we were talking about. That's the scene where Peter comes into the beach and Jesus has a charcoal fire waiting for him. And he sits and he has breakfast with Peter. And then let's look at the passage together of what happens in these questions. So in John 21, 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. In verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. In verse 17, he said the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. So the big question, the question we're, we're looking into today is when Jesus asked uh, Peter three times, do you love me? But it really isn't the same question. It, it reads in Scripture, in, in ESV, and NIV, NIV, and a whole bunch of other, it reads the same. It's, do you love me? The real question, though, is if you look in the Greek, it's three kind of different questions. So the first question says, Simon, son of God, Peter, do you agapeo me? So I looked up the definition of agapeo, or agape love. Agape speaks of the most powerful, noblest type of love, sacrificial love. Agape love is more than a feeling, it's an act of the will. This is love that God has for his people and that prompted the sacrifice of his son Jesus for our sins. Jesus was the agape love personified. So typically it's used to describe like godly love, like God loving Jesus and Jesus loving us, unconditional love. In that first time, Peter responds, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I phileo you. Phileo love refers to brotherly love, and it's most often exhibited in a close friendship. Best friends will display this generous and affectionate love for each other as each seeks to make the other happy. The scriptural account of David and Jonathan is an excellent illustration of phileo love. Notice that it didn't say the scriptural account of Peter and Jesus is an excellent description of phileo love. So Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, Lord, I love you like a brother. I suspect that Peter knew that Jesus was asking him, do you agapeo me? And Peter just couldn't bring himself to respond. Not too long ago, he just denied him flatly three times. And then Jesus gives him instruction. We'll come back to the instruction in a minute, but I want to dig into the question again. So second question, he continues, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend to my sheep. Same exact thing. Peter says, Jesus says to Peter, Jesus, do you agape me? Do you agapeo me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you like a brother. And the last time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I love you. And Peter said to him, feed my sheep. This is the one that gives me encouragement. The third time Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you phileo me? So two times Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me like God loves me? Like I love you. And Peter says, no, Lord, I, I love you like a brother. Second time, same thing. Third time, Jesus comes to Peter's level. I have to imagine that Peter just could not get himself to where he wanted to to be able to answer Jesus. And so Jesus came to his level, which gives me 
unbelievable encouragement, guys. Not Jesus is okay with Peter. He meets him right where he is. Not because of what Peter did do or didn't do in this case, but because of what Jesus did. Jesus' love for Peter is dependent on him, not of Peter. But it grieved Peter. And I think that's what's been grieving me this week. So what I've been asking myself, what's been bothering me the last few weeks, is if Jesus asks John this, so if he says, John, do you love me? Can I truthfully answer, yes, God, I agapeo you? Or would I need to have Jesus come down to my level? And I think Jesus is asking us this. I think he's asking you and I think he's asking me, do you love me? Do you agapeo me? Do you love me when you lose your job? Or when your friend's situation at school is wrong? Or when your loved one's sick or you can't leave your house for a year and see people? By the way, Mervyn's, it's good to see you people. I'm really thankful that you're here. Uh, When darkness or anxiety creep in, When your loved one dies, I don't know if you've had one. My uncle just died, not from COVID, thank the Lord, but he just died. But do you, do you love him when your loved one dies, when you lose things that are around you? When you're, when you're on your last legs and your kids are wearing on you? When your kids just aren't turning out the way you want them to turn out? When all you want to do is rest and there isn't any insight? When whatever the thing's going on in your life, because every single one of you in this room has something going on in your life that's taking your focus away from the Lord, do you agapeo Him? That is the question that's making me grieve this week. And it's been hard, man. Because like Peter, I honestly don't know that I can meet Jesus there. Maybe I could this morning, maybe. Maybe last week. I I think my relationship with the Lord runs hot and cold from time to time. So there's weeks where I wake up early and I do my Devo and, man, I'm walking with God and we're tight and I feel Jesus is present. And then there's times where I wake up early and I do my Devo and, like, nope, that one didn't take. Not feeling super tight with Jesus. And then, uh, embarrassed to admit it, but there's a lot of times where I just don't wake up early or I get really lazy with my relationship with Jesus. And so I'm not tight with him. I don't feel that like agape level love. I'm phileo love a lot more, unfortunately, than I probably am agape. And it's making me grieve this week. Here's what I want you to hear today, though, Christ Point. That the, the thing that I have wrestled with the last two weeks, and I don't know if you need to hear this or not, but I did. Um, the great thing is that Jesus is asking you. He's saying to you, He's saying to me, John, do you love me? He's saying, Jeremy, do you love me? He's saying, Brew, do you love me? Heidi, do you love me? He's saying, he's asking you that question to call you back into community with him and the family of God. He's not asking, though, because of your answer. In fact, while I care and hopefully you care about your answer, I care about my answer. I care about yours, too, by the way. Your love for Jesus begins and ends with His love for you. God's love for you isn't dependent on like your hard work or your determination or your ability to stick with this plan like wake up early and do your Devo. It's not dependent on how much you love Him, frankly. It's not dependent on or, or it doesn't go away 
based on some super secret sin that you have that you don't want to tell anybody about and that you know is creating a fracture with you and the Lord, His love's not dependent on that. His love's not dependent on whether you miserably fail Him or not. Peter denied Christ in arguably one of the most significant events in history. Not even arguably, it just is. He denied, flat out denied his relationship with the God of the universe. And Jesus pursues Peter. Like that to me is encouraging, man. So encouraging. God's love is dependent on God, not you. And so the question is not being asked for your answer. He wants you to know that He cares and He has plans for you. No matter what you've done or how you feel or whether you've been rocking it all week or, or struggling, it, do, it really doesn't matter. He's asking with all the agape love that He has, do you love me? Because He's the God of the universe and He has a ton of it. Ultimately, He's asking so that He can redeem you and call you back into the community and what He has, has made you to do. Peter was the rock, man. He, He's the foundation of the church, and God told him that. And so Peter's got to have this like sense of confidence about him when he walks in the road. Like, he's, you're the Christ. I walk on water. I'm going to go cut a guy's ear off. And then he denies him. But it's amazing how a few screw-ups can rock the confidence, man, of anyone. It, you can see it here in Peter, man. Like, he, I would imagine his confidence in who God made him be is on pretty thin ice. I feel like when I screw up, I kind of have the same issue. I think more about me, and I think more about my screw-up, and I live in shame and hurt or whatever it may be, a lot more than I live in what Jesus has already done to cover that up. A friend of mine, I was texting back and forth this week, and uh, he didn't even know I was preaching, but he, he sent this note to me after something I said to him. And he said, I, I, read a, I read this statement, if we were fully in tune with who God had designed us to be, we wouldn't want to be anyone else, be anywhere else, or hide something we're feeling. It's so true, man. So Jesus had to remind Peter who, is, who he was created to be. Peter was created to follow Jesus. He was created to feed lambs and tend to sheep and grow the church. Jesus had to remind him that's what he was made to be. And if he has to remind Peter, he probably has to remind you and me. You know, God has a role for each and every one of you in the family of God, whether it's your kid or your mom or your dad or you, your friends, the people in this room. If you believe in Jesus, God has a plan for you, man. You may feel weary right now. I would ask you to raise your hand if you feel weary, but I, I'm a little bit nervous to do that because I think it'd probably be the whole room. You may feel a little bit beat down. You may feel like whatever sin or whatever thing that you've done won't allow God to use you for His kingdom in the middle of a pandemic. Like, surely God can't use me now. He built the church on Peter, a guy who denied him flatly. Not because of who Peter was, but because who Peter was with Jesus inside of him. If you're like me and you get caught up in your flaws and how they'll keep you from being effective, I want you to know, like, if you believe in Jesus, you have the power of the risen king inside of you. I want that to sit for a minute. You have the power of the risen king inside of you to, to literally overcome anything that you're dealing with. 
And I want to close, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the purpose of that. So when Jesus asks Peter, do you love me, three times, he, he ends with instruction after each one of those times. He ends with, feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, feed my sheep. As I've been thinking through this, I've been kind of wrestling a little bit with, like, what does that look like in the middle of a pandemic? What does that look like for me? So if Jesus is asking me, John, do you love me? How can I? He's calling me back into community with him. He's calling me back into the purpose he's built me for. What does that look like? And so I want to spend, I don't know, a couple minutes here talking about things that I think tangibly could be done with feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, feed my sheep. So first, I think feed my sheep could literally mean feed my sheep. I love that today happens to be the first uh, Sunday of the month because we are actually gathering food in the back. If you didn't bring food and you want to bring food, like there's a grocery store right down the road that I'll give you access. Like you can walk up right now if you want to and go get food. It won't bother me at all. It's on recording if you wanted to come back and listen to it. But I think it could literally mean feed my sheep. Some of you have been given the gift of like taking a group of ingredients and like putting them together and it's awesome food. Like go use that. Go give people food. Feed sheep. Some of you have been given the resources to go buy food like we just talked about. Like use it, man. Go buy food. I think like Jesus shows up around food. There's so many examples of this in the Bible and there's so many examples of this in my own life. If I'm assuming yours as well. But God shows up around the dinner table. And even if that dinner table doesn't involve you sitting at it, if it involves you dropping a bag on someone's front porch, like let someone know that they're loved. Let someone know that you're thinking about them. Let someone know that Jesus loves them. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, means feed my sheep, feed my lambs. That could be your neighbor. It could be anyone in this room. It could be anyone at school, at work. Look for opportunities because people are hurting. People need people to reach out to them right now. Second, look around you. Uh, who do you see and who do you not see? It's been a year, man, since COVID wreaked havoc on this world. There are people, when you're a part of a church body and that goes away, whether you know it or not, it's a major impact. Major impact. I think God is calling us to tend to one another's hearts. So there are people in this church that are sitting in this room and online and that aren't either one of those that need someone to call them and text them and say, like, man, I'm thinking about you. I have been the recipient of that by a lot of people in this room, and I, and I want to thank you for that. This has been a challenging little run. And I can't tell you how much just a text that says, hey, I'm thinking about you, hey, I'm praying for you, has meant to my heart and to my family. And I've not done a good job to reciprocate on that, and I want to like publicly say I'm sorry. I also want to remind you that I'm covered by the blood of Christ. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and I'm going to do it better, I hope. But do this. Like, tend to one another's hearts. This is not an easy time to be alive, guys. It is challenging, and people are hurting. Tend to each other. Care for each other. 
I also think that reminding a believer of who they're called to be is super important. Like, don't only call them and be like, hey, Jeremy, I hope you're doing well, man. I'm praying for you. Call Jeremy and say, hey, Jeremy, I'm praying for you. And I want you to know, like, God's using you in your ministry. Your ministry of caring for people, caring for patients, living literally in the front lines, man. God is using you, and He has created you to speak to people's hearts, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Remind each other of who they're created to be by God. Last, I want you to take a minute and think about people who aren't in this church, and frankly, that aren't churched. And more than ever before in my lifetime, and I would arguably say anyone's lifetime, though I'm sure there's arguments to be made around this. Like, people need Jesus, man. People need hope in a big, big way. It can be delivered to your friends, to your neighbors, to your schoolmates, to your co-workers, whomever it may be. It can be delivered with a simple, like, drop of a food on somebody's front porch. It can be delivered via email. It can be a text. It can be a phone call. It can be a walk with each other 6 to 10 or 12 or 20 feet away. I don't really care. It's just telling people that, like, I care about you. And, and hoping and praying for God to open a door that you can tell them about the life-changing work of Jesus. Use this as an opportunity to connect with people around you. I think part of the reason I've struggled this week is I think I did this a lot better before COVID than, than now. And I, I need to get back to where God's created me to be. I feel like it's easy to stay inside the four walls of my home. And frankly, like I'm a pretty extroverted person in the grand scheme of life. It's been hard to like motivate myself to walk outside of my house. I don't know if anybody else has this problem. If you don't, like come see me and give me a few tips. But it, like it's hard, man. Like COVID has taken... It's taken a lot. Like, use that. Move into that. I'm praying through that right now. I want God to use me in a way that, that He hasn't been using me or I don't feel like He's been using me in the last year. Use that. If we do those kind of tend and feed things well, like, people that don't currently have a relationship with Jesus will be like, that's kind of weird. And they'll start to wonder. And just for my kids, it'll actually start to look attractive and sexy. I said that last time I was up on stage, that the gospel is sexy. The gospel is attractive, guys. The gospel, living out the gospel and what God has called you to do, when you are living in what God has created you to do, it is super attractive to those people around you. Like, go live in that. It'll be amazing how Jesus uses that. So I want to go back to the start. At the start of this, I said to you, like when I say it will change your life, pay attention. So I'm going to give you the warning. I'm going to say this is going to change your life. Answer the question that Jesus is asking you today. Do you love me? Like go home, think about it, and think about like your real answer to that question. Think about like do you phileo Jesus? Do you agape Jesus? My hope and my prayer is that the answer is yes, you do one of those. If the answer is no, I want you to know, like, man, there's a bunch of us in this room. Come up to me after. I would love to talk to you about Jesus. 
I would love to introduce you who he is, to who he is. It's awesome. So answer the question, do you love me? And look at it from your heart because you're wanting to answer the question for Jesus. Don't look at it, though, because his love is dependent on your love. When you know that your love of Jesus or your maybe your floundering love of Jesus or your lack of agape love for Jesus is not dependent on how Jesus loves you, it changes your perspective a little bit. So the second thing is no, like Christ's point, whatever your answer is, man, like Jesus still loves you. God still loves you. God loves you because of what Jesus did, not because of how you did it, how you love him, what you did or didn't do. And last, I want you to know, like, God has a, a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. And I want you to move into it. And I would ask you to walk away from here and think about for your family, whatever that may look like during this time, like move into that. Tend and feed in whatever way you can tend and feed. Because whomever it is in this room, you're being called to tend and feed. Like, go care for the people around you. Care for your family, care for your neighbors, care for your friends, care for your coworkers, all of them. Like, care for them with the love of Jesus. And don't feel that as a burden. Look for it as an opportunity of God working through you. God will give you the resource and the power to do that. But push into that a little bit. Know that you're created to tend and feed. A relationship with the Lord uh, and with Jesus changes your life. I'm grateful that it has changed mine in a major, major way. I hope uh, it does for you too. And I would ask you to do those three things. Um, let me pray for you as we wrap up. God, thanks, that, um, thanks for loving us. Thanks for um, providing for us. Thanks for caring for us. Thanks for... Um, Thanks for asking questions like, do you love me? Because for me, this last couple of weeks has been hard for me to answer that in a way that um, I want to. And God, it's, I, I think it's made me draw closer to you. And I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for your provision and for your grace. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the blessing that it is to be able to meet in this barn. Thanks for the Aylers and their uh, willingness to allow us to do that, God. Thank you for the blessing of uh, our church family. God, I pray you use this church to tend and to feed to those around us. God, help us to look for opportunities that you're opening for us. God, help use this church to grow the kingdom. Use this church to care for people in a way uh, that only you can do. God, light a fire in our hearts to want to do that, Lord. Thank you. Um, God, thanks for just who you are. Thanks for loving us the way you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Christ Point, uh, welcome back, kids. Christ Point, thanks for uh, joining this morning. I know that high schoolers, middle schoolers, students hanging out afterwards uh, for everybody else. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week.